I'd be clear about this. Due to a medical reason, I lost my license uh, for, for six months, which was a long six months. I was in, a freshman in college. And uh, as I, I went back and finally had, and they, they make me start over. I had to take the test, everything from scratch uh, to get my license back. And I went, finally it was time to, uh, I went through, did the driver's test, did everything. Uh, and it came, the last thing they did before, um, before I, I got my license was I had to take a vision test. And uh, I was in line for the vision test and there was a nice little old lady in front of me. Uh, and she was taking uh, her vision test. And she failed. Like five times, she failed the vision test. And I was thinking, I know why. And she's like, well, why don't we try this again? And she put a different sheet in, and she failed, and she put a different sheet. And I, I understand, you know, you can't say, it, it's very difficult to take people's licenses away. And, you know, that's liberty and, and freedom and, and all those things. And it's very, you know, she was really trying to pour, work with this poor little lady. And all I was thinking was, about... Five minutes, we're going to be on the road together. <laughs> that was all I was thinking. Um, I actually have a strange vision problem. Uh, it, it, my eyes let in too much light. So if you see me outside, I'm always like squinting. I'm not angry or confused. It just My eyes let in a lot of light. So virtually, hey, this happens at least once a week. Or you know, I, I get in my car at night, and I have to make the, you know, some pilgrimage to the store to, uh, to, to get something that we're, we need for the morning. And someone flashes their lights at me because I've forgotten to turn my lights on because I see very good at night and and because uh, I don't know that my lights are not on. Um, we all have probably something. I see a lot of glasses out there. Right? We all have some vision problems. Uh, now, interestingly, that things that you would think would be a blessing uh, can be inconvenient. Right? Uh, that's kind of a convenient thing. I mean, the ability to see it. You know, to see in the dark, that's, that's kind of a convenient thing. And it can be inconvenient at times. This is why I think we're all designed a little bit differently. We all have little different things. And, and sometimes things are a little inconvenient. And, and it, it's nice that other people are a little bit different from us. Uh, the talents and abilities I have work in my favor today. And tomorrow they might actually work against me. And so we need other people. And that's what the church is about. Give me an example. In the home, there is one person that looks at the big picture. It's the guy. We look at the big picture. How do you know this? I know. You're getting mad at me. Here's how you know this. Watch the next time the man in the home opens a refrigerator to look for something. He'll stare for an hour. My wife always says, back up. If I back up five feet, I can see exactly what I'm looking for. I have to look at the big picture. But if I'm right up close, I can't find the mayonnaise. Now, Katie knows where the mayonnaise is. She's like, it's behind the juice or whatever. She knows where it's at. She knows the fridge. It's like my desk. I know where stuff is on my desk. You don't, 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 don't clean my desk. I know where everything is. But we look at the big picture. I, I, can't, I don't do good looking up close, but I can step back. And, and, and it's so we all have those, those different abilities. But uh, we're going to talk about some vision problems today. And, and it, the way things manifest themselves in Matthew chapter 6, looking at the big picture. Matthew 6.25 is, is really a, a problem of looking at the big picture or not looking at the big picture. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25 through verse 34. He says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, 
What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about the body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food or the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they are? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't toil, they don't spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek after. Your Heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own self, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So anxiety is basically a vision problem. You have a problem, and what we have now is, you ever go to WebMD? No WebMD, and, and that is the worst thing you can do. You have something, and you're like, oh, no, I've got like cancer, and I've got, you know, and you start imagining, like, well, this is a symptom of some horrible disease. You've got leprosy or what I have. Ah, what do I have? I went on WebMD, and it told me uh, what I have. I mean, no, you just got a cold or something. But this is kind of like WebMD, but this kind of, these are all the things it can be. Anxiety is a, is a problem, and it's got some different types of vision problems, things that cause anxiety. You have some anxiety? Well, let's go through the checklist and see. Maybe you've got a really serious illness, or maybe you don't. Maybe you just kind of have a common one. Maybe you have night blindness. Maybe the opposite of me, I guess. Some blurry vision. Maybe we have some situational problems, right? And that's what night blindness is, basically. There's a situation in which you have a, a vision problem. You don't notice it necessarily other times, but in a certain condition it brings out this issue. Well, when everything's going fine, who has a problem? Hey, it's going great. I see fine. But when all conditions are ideal, there's no test of our ability to see the big picture. It's ideal. Stress is not present when there's no stressors. Right? If you don't have any, any stressor in your life, just kind of smooth sailing. It's like I'm on a beach and everything's wonderful. Well, of course, that's natural. We're not going to identify the problem. You, know, you go to the doctor, and I have this problem. Well, let's try to duplicate it. Oh, that's wonderful. You, what they've just done is we're going to try to put a whole bunch of junk in your life and see if we can figure out what the problem is. Because right now, I, I don't see this condition. It's not manifesting itself. So, okay, you've got allergies, or you've got this thing, or you've got that thing. Okay, here, try this. Try this. And they're, they're just constantly trying to, to make you feel bad. So they can figure out what makes you feel bad. Well... The problem exists. 
Just because you don't feel bad, just because you don't have the problem immediately, it doesn't mean you don't have the problem. It's just not manifesting itself. And so, in the same day, you can have the problem and that night comes. Oh, I have a vision problem. And that's what he talks about here. You have lack of things. Well, there's times where you don't have lack of things. And it all goes wonderful. But in the moments where we lack those things, do we have a vision problem? And then the situation comes and find, oh yes, I have an anxiety problem. There's a couple causes of this blurry vision. We first of all have a blurry vision of God sometimes. Look at verse 30, he says, Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Sometimes we, we look at God and we say, Well, God is not doing for me, or, or maybe God doesn't want to do good for me. We start imagining all the things. It's like I went on a WebMD and I'm imagining all these crazy things that could be happening and we, we don't have the, the right picture of God. And so we're imagining that the things that we're suffering and our, our anxiety develops up. It's not understanding who God is. See, I've never spoken directly to Him. I've never seen Him. And the Bible, as much as it describes God, does not give me a really clear picture of Him so that I can know Him as I, I know people that I see every day and talk with every day. I kind of have an idea. But in so much as the Bible does describe Him, we need to know Him. The Scripture is clear on a couple of things here. He knows what you need. Do not have this picture of God. Maybe God doesn't know what's going on in my life. I'm very well acquainted with my life. Does God? Does God know what's going on in my life? Yes, He knows what you need. Before you even know you need it yourself, He knows you need it. Don't have the blurry vision of God. When you feel distant from God, in your darkness, He's not the one with the vision problem. I am. I have the difficulty imagining God, not Him. And the second thing, God is good. God is basically good. Sometimes we, we wonder if God wants to hurt people or punish people. Why does God let that happen? And, and we start imagining God with wrong motives. That's a blurry vision. That's, that's an incorrect interpretation of God. Maybe God doesn't want to, to help me. Why wouldn't God want to help? Maybe I've been bad. And we start imagining all these things. He is a father. And he's related to us here. He is called the heavenly father. That means he is basically good. And he likes to give things. He likes to give things. So that's one type of blurry vision. A blurred vision of God. Sometimes we have a blurred vision of ourselves. What? How do you have a blurred vision of yourself? Last week we talked about pride, if you recall. And here he relates the opposite problem, actually. He reminds people going through anxiety what they are worth. Some people have an incorrect evaluation of themselves and they, they think they're too important. But here he says, aren't you valuable? 
Because sometimes we think, when we look at things that other people say, they must have it because they're worth more to God. They do this, they do that, why do they have that? And I don't. Maybe I'm not worth it. We look at the birds of the air, they don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? They are they don't compare. Jesus reaffirms our intrinsic value. And David asked the question in one of his psalms and said, What is man that you are mindful of him? And David had this idea that, that man is, because God is, is so much greater than, than man, that, that God must not really be mindful of man because we're so incapable. Well, David was right on, on one account. And that, that compared to God, we're very incapable. We don't have a lot of... We're not equal. We're not on the same scale. But that does not mean that God doesn't have great care for us. And it doesn't mean that we are not made with great value. However, the next verse, we will read Psalms. He acknowledges that. He says, but you have crowned man with glory. As children, we are worth more than any other thing that God has made. Your children are the most prized possession you have. What would you not do for your children? What would you not give up for your children? It doesn't compare. There's nothing. And so, that's a, a vision problem to correct. Here's another vision problem to correct. Tunnel vision. You know what tunnel vision is? Um, I, I used, my mother worked at a home for uh, retarded citizens in New York. And uh, after school, I would go over and hang out with them because I liked them more than regular people. They were nice. you know. And I was kind of a loner in high school, and, and uh, I didn't really fit in with anybody at school. Uh, so I'd go and hang out with them. My favorite was a guy named Burke. He had actually um, he'd been born physically everything fine and had suffered a football injury. Burke was awesome. Uh, and uh, But Burke had a problem. Burke had tunnel vision. When I say tunnel vision, I mean, like, this is what he saw. It would take Burke about an hour to eat because he, like, his, his, he couldn't tell what was on his plate. And he had to move around very slowly. Uh, it would take him a while to recognize you when you came in the room. And that's extreme tunnel vision, but it, it's a, a loss of peripheral. You don't even notice your peripheral vision. Do you, you notice the stuff? You, I don't notice the stuff out here, but if you lost it, you'd notice it. Peripheral vision is what gives you your perspective. If you lose it, you, you have all sorts of problems, and you don't even notice it. That's the problem with some of our vision problems, and, and what, where, we, where, we, where anxiety develops is that we've lost perspective on things, and we don't even notice it. We've become accustomed to it. It's our new normal. And here we see the emphasis on the physical without the spiritual. We've lost the, the spiritual focus. Anxiety is a byproduct of focusing so narrowly on our conditions. Look at what he says. He says, is not life... more than food. We focus so much on life being a product of the physical circumstances in which we live. 
I mean, what is life? I get up, I go to work, I do and all the things that I could. What is life? And I, and I start thinking about all the things that go into physically preserving life. My house, my car, the kids, going here, doing that, this thing, activities, and all the things that make up life. And we can lose the, the vision of what the greater thing is, and we're focusing on such a small aspect of life that we don't have the spirituality to give context to everything. It is a progressive disorder. It gets worse and worse and worse. And you get accustomed to it. And, and, and the more narrow you focus, the less there is of context to bring balance to your life. But he says, seek the kingdom. In other words, we kind of get it backwards. Really, the spiritual thing is supposed to be the focus. And, and all these other things should be peripheral. All these other things should be on the side. They're valuable. They're important to our lives. But they're kind of out there. They're just kind of going along for the right. They're important. But the focus should be on, on Christianity, on Christ and, and the kingdom. And that's where we put things in the right order. We may have another vision problem, he says here. You might be nearsighted. Man, nearsighted is great if you like to read a lot. Right? Just see right up close and read. That's all I need to do. I just need to read. That's wonderful. We focus on the immediate situation. Crisis is real. But this can cause us to lose concepts of reality. He says, who can change anything by worrying? Right? We're, so, we're so nearsighted. I see the problem and the crisis that I'm in. What am I going to change? I'm not going to change anything. Worry happens when we're not working through the problems. We're just thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And we are overwhelmed by the immediate danger, the immediate concern. What is this thing right now in my life and that's so concerning to me? I, this is all I can see. I can't see past it. And we forget these long-term benefits of being in the kingdom. God says, all these things will be added unto you. Have some long-term vision. You've got to develop the long-term vision if you want to avoid anxiety. Primarily, it's interesting. We're talking about all the financial and physical things. Every day or every week, I get up. Uh, Saturdays are pretty much the same. Get in the car and go to Menards. That's that's my life on Wednesdays. That's what I do. Go to Menards. What am I getting this week right, for for the house or whatever? It, I like I like noise, so I turn on the radio. Oh, so I can listen to the same. Songs or whatever. So like, okay, I don't want to listen to FM because it's uh, it's the same thing over and over. Okay, so I go to a. I can't listen to sports because they're talking about golf and that's not a sport, and they're talking about racing and that's not a sport. You're just driving left. That's not a sport. So like, okay, so uh, I'll talk radio. Oh, they're talking about finances. Oh, all day long. Like, get in the car. They're still talking about savings accounts. And it's just it. I, 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 like, okay, I should probably be more informed 
financially. I, I should probably be more informed. I listened to that ten. I listened to that for ten minutes, and I'm, I got all this anxiety because I'm like, ah, I'm way behind. I'm going to die, and I'm not having anything. And I, I have all this anxiety because all this emphasis on where you're supposed to be at this age, and, what, oh, and you're supposed to be diverse, diversified, and all that. Nah, I don't know any of what you're talking about. I don't know what any of the words that you just said mean. I have no idea what you're talking about. And this, I got all this anxiety now. Thank you. We get so caught up on this little, this little thing here. It's so right in front of my face. This situation, this condition, God says, all this will be added to you. Don't worry about it. And so I remind myself of several things. My grandfather's 95. It's terminal cancer. My grandmother passed away uh, earlier this year at 93. He's, I'm getting no inheritance. He made it. I don't know how he did. I don't know how he did. How did he live that long how, without all this stuff taken care of? And I have all these plans and, and the, the this and the that. How did he do it? Because the sun comes up and the sun goes down and, and God provides what you need. That's how it happened. And we get so worried about what will be. And it occupies my time and my thoughts. It's not really that important in the long run. It's not worth all that anxiety. Or maybe you're farsighted. What? We talked about you. You have this problem and somebody else has that problem. It might be good. If you like to see long distances, farsighted is great. Can't read a book. Don't think about the future. You need to be a little bit more nearsighted. Tomorrow has enough troubles for itself. Stop being so farsighted. I can imagine everything that's going to go wrong tomorrow. I can imagine a lot of things that are going to go wrong tomorrow. i got enough going on today. I really do. Don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus does acknowledge the certainty of difficulties. That's, that's an important thing. We, we start reading this and we say, life is great. See, Jesus said, life is great. Don't worry about it. No, that's not what he said. He said, he, he affirms that tomorrow has troubles. He says, tomorrow has enough troubles. Jesus just said, you got problems tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got problems tomorrow. They're coming. And the day after that, too. But, don't worry about it. Today has enough for itself. You just deal with today. I'm so often afraid of things that never happen. My ability to predict what's going to go wrong tomorrow. You think one thing's going to go wrong tomorrow and it's something completely different. Stop imagining. Because you can't predict it. Man, I've spent all that time worrying about something that never happened. Look at all that time that tomorrow occupied in my brain today. It occupied a lot of time. It occupied a lot of energy, a lot of nervous emotion, a lot of... <sighs> we talk a lot about finances, but, but this is so much more than that. Have you ever anticipated a, a conflict with somebody that never happened? You get all that pent-up energy, and then they'll like come into work and say, hey, how are you? Oh, I, was, I was ready. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, think of... Think of 
Think of Jacob and Esau. Think about how, much, how many years Jacob had Esau living rent-free in his brain so that when he was eventually going to go back and see him, you're getting close, and he's really got a lot of things going on in his mind. He decides to start splitting things up. He's like, okay, uh, I'm going to send this portion of my family uh, on ahead with some, uh, with some presents, some financial stuff, and, and, uh, and he's like diversifying his portfolio uh, to try to appease Esau. And he's got all these things, he's got all these plans, and, and Esau's like, what are you doing? I don't hate you. That was a long time ago. And you wonder how many years Jacob lived with this. And Esau's like, huh? Ah. He anticipated all that to the point where he was investing himself financially and, and, and putting his family at risk. Literally putting his family at risk, having, sending them apart from the main caravan because of his anxiety. You know, it's not always financial. We suffer a lot of things because of the worry that we have. I don't know what worries you. We all have worry, so something does. You're like, I am worry-free. Oh, congratulations. You can come talk to me about how you did it. We have anxiety. I'm worried about things. Now here's the checklist. Run through it. It's a great checklist to run through and say, you know what, I'm worried a little bit too much about tomorrow. Or, or I'm focusing a little bit too much on my things today without giving perspective about tomorrow. Maybe, maybe I need to, to look long term and, and see the, the results that are coming. Maybe, maybe I'm, my idea of God is a little bit off. Maybe I've been raised to think of God as this judgmental guy who wants to hurt people. My, my idea. Or maybe maybe I just don't think enough of myself. Maybe I think I'm the kind of person that God would just never do anything for. Anxiety can come from a lot of places. But seek the kingdom. Seek the Father. Notice that He wants to do good for you. When we when we have that in our in our mind in our in our perspective, all comes into focus. That really is the central one to understand who God is and to understand what the kingdom is for. Understand the value of these things. Then the anxiety like, all comes into context. Yes, there's a crisis. Okay, we can deal with it. God can help me through it. 